I declare this family is whole and healed and healthy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You're amazing. You're going to do great things. You believe in people. When you speak life over people, you change the atmosphere around you. Welcome home, champions. Whether you're here for the first time or have been with us for a while, get ready for a life-giving message from our pastor, Stephen Bloomfield. We're on week two of a new series called Family 30, and today Pastor will be sharing part two of how you can start to have the best family in the next 30 days. All right. Family in 30 days. Your best family. We can do it. All right. Few hopefuls. Here's the truth about your family. They're as crazy as my family is. But although habits that we get into in our families can be hard to change because it takes time, we can certainly make an impact on the atmosphere of our homes. And the atmosphere can change immediately in your home. So I believe that your best family will happen in this series because the atmosphere of your home is going to be changed because you're going to go home and you're going to be the change. Tell the person beside you, be the change. Come on, be the change. Got to be the change. And uh, we've been having a great time with our, our uh, family series. Last, last week we started out just talking about how important family is to God. You know the Bible says that uh, our heavenly Father, He's our Father. Jesus said when we pray, pray our Father who's in heaven. Um, and then the Bible tells us that Jesus is our elder brother. And so family is super important to God. He's all about father, brother. He's all about us being part of the family. And we want God to be first in our family. And here's the thing. God wants your family to be healthy and whole. God wants your family to be healthy and whole. By the way, if you have notes, you could write that down because that happens to be on the paper. If you have... God wants your family to be healthy. Just write the word healthy and whole. Um, and uh, if you need a set of these notes, just put your hand up. Somebody will bring them to you. Also, we have everything on our church app. You can download the app on any platform and uh, follow along that way. And I believe in this service we are live on Facebook. So I just want to take a, a few seconds and say hello to everybody who may be watching uh, in different wherever you might be at home or up north we have some folks that watch. And uh, over in Tucson we have some people watching and, and uh, participating in our service today. And so we want to say a big hello to uh, all of you and thank you for being part of our church family this morning. And of course the, uh, the app works wherever you are in the world or the, or the uh, church website, that as well. And that's where the uh, notes and information are found. So having said all of that and given you the commercial, oh, by the way, I just wanted to uh, feature our feature. This is our feature champion today. This is Caleb Coda, and um, he's the quarterback at uh, Healer Ridge and uh, uh, done some incredible, incredible things. And there's this whole write-up about him is just amazing. And and, uh, and I tell you what, he's just doing some cool things. And so we just want to say congratulations. And Coda family are amazing people. And um, his mom, Becky, is, is on staff uh, here at Champion. And, and uh, she's an amazing, amazing difference maker. So, you know, good families produce 
um, you know, good kids. And, 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 and that's the bottom line. God wants your family to be strong. He wants your, your, your kids to be strong. He wants you to be able to make good uh, decisions and keep the atmosphere uh, in a positive uh, way in your home so that you're producing good things. Many times it's about what comes out of our mouth. You know, our relationships are so affected by what we say. And what we say, of course, is about what we think. And so, so much about what, what is going on in our families has a lot to do with how we're talking to each other. Not even just the words, but the tone that we use and the attitude that we have. And if you want to see things change in terms of your family, then I guarantee you it's going to start with us making a decision to, to be really careful about how we use our words when it comes to family. Can somebody say amen? amen. We're just going to look at a few things as we go through our notes today that uh, if we take these things away, if we just kind of subtract them from the equations of our families, then you're going to automatically, by default, change the atmosphere of your family. Let me just start by saying family, family is your greatest asset. It is your most important thing in your whole life. At the end of your life, you won't wish you'd have worked more. You'll wish you spent more time with your family. Family is your support system. They are what define you. They are what give your life meaning. God said it's not good for a man to dwell alone. And the rest of that scripture that got lost, but I happen to know what it is. It is not good for man to dwell alone, for he will get into trouble. Also, not good for a man not to work. Same reason. He will get into trouble. Right? And, uh, and so, God wants us to be in families. God wants us to, to be able to define who we are by the people around us. And they define us and we define them. And our commitment to them and our love uh, bond and covenant that we have, these are the things that make for a life with a foundation. And so I'm hoping today as we just get through some of this material, just briefly, but we're going to start talking about how the atmosphere is happening in our homes and a few things that we can do to, to make some adjustments. Somebody wrote this, and, and uh, I'll just throw this in at the beginning. He said, who can ever forget Winston Churchill's immortal words? We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and on the streets, and we shall fight in the hills. And they said, it sounds a lot like our family vacation. <laughs> fight on the beach. Fight on the land. Fight on the fields. Family vacation. Don't you love those vacations? you gotta, you got to come home from some vacations just to rest. It's full-time job just keeping up with all the kids, keeping everybody from being lost and all of that. But... You know, families are funny. You know, somebody wrote a, a, a book a while ago. A couple wrote a book, as a matter of fact, a married couple. And uh, it's really, really great book. It's called Men Are Like Waffles and Women Are Like Spaghetti. And I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but it's, it's, it's worth having a look at. And, you know, what it's basically saying is there are differences in the way that men and women see life and the way that we're motivated 
And uh, you women, you, you will, you, well, let's talk about the men, because let's start where, I, where I'm on some solid ground. Men are like waffles. Have you ever looked at a waffle? It's neatly organized squares, right? And then you've got like maybe nine squares within a big square. We like squares. Men like squares. See, we like to order our life with some predictability. We like to know we've got this square mastered. Then we go on to the next square. Now you ladies might say, well, you can only do one thing at a time. Ah, yes, but we do it well. We will master that square. I'm telling you, it's the truth. And, uh, and, and, and see, here's the truth of the matter is really, men have two things on their minds. No. See? I got a tough crowd right here already. It's not what you think. Y'all need to get saved and become Christians and renew your minds, renew your minds. Two things that motivate a man. Number one, we men have been built to solve problems. We're problem solvers not just because we like doing it, but literally by nature. We can't help it. In fact, if there's no problems, we'll create one just to solve it. See, for us, it's, it's air. Like, we need it so badly. The other thing that motivates us as men is we're success-driven. In other words, we're not going to try to solve a problem if we don't think we can succeed. So ladies, when you give us an impossible situation and we go like this, it's because if we can't succeed, if we can't make you happy, if we can't ever say the right thing or do the right thing, then we're not going to play. Men are like waffles. You ladies, on the other hand, you all, all are spaghetti. You're just this big intertwined plate that is everywhere at the same time. And what starts here can go through an awful lot and end up on the other side of the plate entirely. And here, us men, we're back here just trying to solve this problem. We didn't even know it related to that other end at all. We had no idea when we said that or did that 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 was going to mean that. We were just solving this problem, right? No, you're miles ahead. We have no idea what you're talking about. You're just kind of everywhere. And, you know, there are lots of things that, that, that drive the female, you know, psyche and, 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 and all of that. But to, today, just to kind of, you know, get through some of our thinking and changing the atmosphere of our home, we got to start changing how we perceive each other and how we handle each other and understand that, 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 that if we don't disempower each other, then, or rather, let's make, say it positively, if we empower each other to, to be who we're created to be and allow us to succeed within our own rights, then the home atmosphere is going to get so much better. And so some of the times we, we are misunderstanding each other, tensions begin to rise, and when tensions rise temperatures rise. And when temperatures rise, 
attitudes rise. Um, decisions are made in the heat of the moment. Words are spoken, all because there was some misunderstanding. There was, you thought that everybody thinks like you, and we don't. And us men, we, we can't understand why you ladies just can't solve one thing at a time. You know, you go into a man's um, bathroom, and typically there are six things. You know, most men, there'll be a toothbrush. Might be some shaving cream. There could be a shaver. Soap, yep, soap, underarm deodorant. I mean, that's what I'm hoping most of us guys smart enough to do that. Maybe a comb and a blow dryer, you know, I mean, if, if, if need be, you know. Women, on the other hand, you go into a bathroom, a women's bathroom. Come on, you men who married, you know what I'm talking about, Hector. You know what I'm talking about. 337 items on average, and that is a statistic. 337 items in a women's bathroom. Oh, and, and, and that's average. Lucinda's way, 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 way over average. Oh, she's not average on anything. No, no. I mean, I'm building whole new cabinets just to house the stuff that is new, and yet she doesn't want to get rid of, you know how it is. So you can see how differently we see things and approach things. I'm wanting to solve all the problems. And you know what men do? By the way, it, 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 the reason why we have hobbies is because we create stuff for ourselves to succeed at. We just create stuff so we can be good at it and so we can succeed and we can solve that problem. And you ladies, you just got the spaghetti thing going on. And 337 items in your bathroom. And so we got to solve some of that. Three things that if we remove them from our marriages, remove them from our homes, from our families. And I'm not talking only about marriage today. I'm talking about how we deal with our children, young children, teen children, even young adults in our homes. How do we handle them? One of the things that we need to do immediately is take away selfishness. You can write that down in your notes. Take away selfishness from our families. The Bible says, outdo yourselves in honoring one another. Now in the home, us men, we like to think we're the king of our castle. And in this castle, we can do anything we want, say anything we want, have anything we want, get away with anything we want because it's our castle. Oh, how mistaken us men are. Because in all reality, your home is least blessed by your selfishness and most blessed by your choice to serve others, to outdo each other in blessing the other. Has your thoughts at home been about what you're getting and not getting, what you need or don't need, what's good for you? Or have your thoughts at home with your kids, with your spouse been about how could I outdo my spouse in blessing them? How could I outdo my parents 
in blessing them. My parents provide a home for me, a, a roof over my head, and food in the fridge anytime I want it, and basically let me, you know, have this amazing life. What could I do to really bless my parents? I just think those are really great thoughts to have. And the Bible is saying if you begin to think this way, to outdo one another in serving each other, then it's going to change the atmosphere of your home. Instead of it being about selfishness, it's going to be about outdoing each other in love and in serving and in blessing one another. But you know what we typically see happen in homes? I didn't make that mess. I'm not cleaning it up. You're hungry? Go make yourself some food. We have this attitude these days in this selfie world that we live in, that it's all about our selfies. Me, my selfie, and I. Talk about the unholy trinity. And we live our selfish lives, and we, we just want to do our thing, and we, we don't want to have to be bothered with anybody else. And yet, one of the fundamental first questions the Bible, the, in the Bible that was ever asked was Cain asking, uh, 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 God, am I my brother's keeper? And God was saying, yes, you are. It's all about family. Yes, you should be concerned where he is. Yes, you should know what's happening in his life. It shouldn't be all about you. It's got to be about your family because your family are the ones that have agreed to put up with you. How many people know what I'm talking about? Your family are the ones that are there through thick and thin. People, friends, jobs, they'll come and go. But the people that are family in your life, whatever that family looks like to you, they're the ones that have made a commitment that they're sticking it out, blood being thicker than water. You're there through thick or thin. And to those people, I wonder if we could change the atmosphere from self-centeredness to a giving spirit. You know how the scripture tells us that, that we're to declare, as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. As for me and my house, what are we going to do? Serve. As for me and my house, what are we going to do? Serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve, 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 serve. As for me and my house, we're going to wait around till God gives me what we want. No, it doesn't say that. As for me and my house, we'll serve. We're going to be known as a serving house. We're going to serve one another. Look, if love and service doesn't happen at home, it sure isn't going to happen out anywhere else. Nobody will even know that you love Jesus or that you follow Jesus because you will not have a spirit to bless and serve others. You'll have a selfish attitude. It's at home that we learn to love one another. We learn to look past one another's, you know, differences. And we begin to serve one another and love one another and help one another. You might say, well, what happens when only one person is doing all the serving? Well, I, I know that that can certainly happen, but I guarantee you this. We begin to change some things, take away some things. We're going to start affecting that atmosphere, and I think you're going to see results. The second thing that we could talk about today is unwholesome talk. And, um, of course, Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 29 says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And this, this is talking about a number of different things. When we talk about unwholesome talk, we might immediately jump to swearing. And can I just make a, a little statement on swearing? You, if you swear, you will not go to hell. Swearing is not, your salvation is not on the line. What is on the line is a toxic atmosphere 
that you have created because you're trying to express to somebody, I am so mad that I cannot contain my words. I need you to know how upset I am, therefore I'm going to swear so you know how bad it is. What ends up happening is you create, talk about atmosphere, you create an abrasive atmosphere. And I've heard and seen families where the little kids are swearing at their parents, calling them an effing this and an effing that, and the parents are doing the same. It's, 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 wow. I just don't want to live in that. It's, it's not that I've never sworn or, or, or once in a while don't speak in French. Or for us Pentecostals, once in a while I speak in tongues that are unknown. It's, it's not that that matters. It's when it's directed to a family member, when it is spoken uh, and, and, and it is unleashed on a family member, a child, a parent, a, a, a spouse, a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister. And I'm just, I'm just saying to you, if really, you know, we want to put a, 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 you know, an exclamation mark on, on making family amazing, you want an amazing family? Just cut that out immediately. Just stop swearing at each other. Stop swearing about each other. And never put words in front of somebody's name. You're just a blankety, 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 blank. No. From now on, we're not going to do that because we're going to prefer one another over ourselves. We're going to be grateful that people are willing to live with us. Right? And we're not going to use that familiarity as an excuse for us to have no self-control. The one thing that determines success in any area of your life is self-control. You want to fail? Have no self-control. Go right ahead. Swear your head off. Yell at everybody. Throw everything around. Oh, that'll be a great family. No, obviously. And I'm not trying to be, you know, um, sarcastic. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that atmosphere matters. And you have to speak lovingly and kindly to one another. Not, not pretentiously and, 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 and not things that you don't mean. But just in a way of showing love and respect to one another. Serving one another. How many people are, are, are with me on that? Somebody say amen. amen. Talk about sarcasm. Sarcasm actually means to strip the flesh off. Think about that. And, 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 and how easy it is for some people to take a strip off of somebody else with their words. And sometimes we'll, we'll wrap up a, a, a negative dig and we'll wrap it in humor and serve it up like it's okay, but actually it's not okay. And it, it's very hurtful and it's very destructive and it destroys a positive atmosphere in your home. Let's just be careful with it. We don't want to get stuck on this stuff, but let's just be careful. Let's just be mindful. There was a Harvard study that, that came out that said verbal abuse is sometimes worse than physical abuse because physical abuse can heal. But verbal abuse are wounds that are on the inside. And they'll stick with somebody for a lifetime. We just have to be mindful. But interestingly, studies have shown that somebody else can speak life over somebody who has had verbal abuse of some kind. And as they speak life over them, it can actually undo a lot of the damage that's been done by somebody who's been verbally abused. 
So let me show you what I'm talking about. You have been given the power by God within your family to start with to speak life. No matter who's speaking any other way, you're going to declare good things. You're going you're to tell your loved ones how much you appreciate them. You're going you're to open your mouth and you're going to declare good things over them. In fact, I would, declare, I would challenge you to prophesy over your family members. Just declare to them. Declare to your children, you are, you, are gonna, you are one amazing young person. You are doing great things in life. You are friendly, you are kind, and you share. Sometimes you got to faith it till you make it. You know what I'm saying? We know they don't share. That doesn't matter. You just say, you are, you're a great sharer, right? And, and you begin to speak things and speak things over your, over your loved ones as well. But there's another layer to this, and let me share that with you. Even if you're not a family member, do you know that simply speaking the right words actually produces endorphins in the people that are hearing those words, especially if you're directing them at that person, and you can actually change the emotional state and the mindset of somebody simply by them hearing certain words. How powerful is that? Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, right? Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In other words, when we speak life over somebody, you, God is using you to lift them up. And that's what the Bible wants us to be. We, he wants us to lift each other's head up. He wants us to encourage one another. And, I'm, and I, I would challenge you today to be an encourager at home. Let us start at home. Practice on the people around you. And, and, and begin to speak life over them. Maybe you're a teacher in a public school today and you've got 30 little future champions that you're teaching. And, 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 and instead of you, you know, saying what, what would naturally come, you're, you're going to speak life over them. You know what, class? You're a special class. You got, you're, you're special, all right. Uh, you're amazing. You're going to do great things. You believe in people. When you speak life over people, you change the atmosphere around you. Anyone can go negative. Anyone can join in with the, with the, with the mob mindset. Anybody can join in with the negativity of the world. It takes a champion. It takes somebody who's a follower of Jesus Christ. It takes somebody who's been changed on the inside to overcome the negativity on the outside. And in spite of it all, you can be a light in a dark place. In spite of it all, even though the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy your family, you can say, no, Jesus has come to give me an abundant life, and I am going to receive nothing but abundance in the name of Jesus. I declare this family is whole and healed and healthy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. We're just going to begin to change the atmosphere. Habits, well, they'll come later. Change the atmosphere right now, though. Amen. The last thing we'll talk about is dishonor and exasperation or for to use another word that people actually use um, not provoking the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 children obey your parents um, uh, in the Lord for this is right honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth that's the promise fathers don't uh, don't provoke or exasperate your children Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. 
So parents, we have to be speaking to our kids in a way that, that is encouraging to them. Uh, and we don't want to provoke our kids to anger. And yet at the same time, we can't be helicopter parents. Do you know what a helicopter parent is? It's like a drone. Yes, your children see you like a drone flying over their head every single minute of their life. You are hovering. You're the helicopter. And, and, and it, if they get a bad mark at school, you know whose fault it was? The teachers. If, if a ref calls them in a game, you know whose fault it is? The ref. And you hover over your kids and protect them from every possible, you know, adversity. And, and, and at the end of the day, all you've done is train your kids to be incapable of overcoming adversity on their own. Maybe they need to practice a little harder. Maybe they should have studied a little more. And it's okay for us to be enforcing a, a, a sense of, of, uh, of overcoming adversity in our kids. We must teach them to overcome adversity. We must teach them that. That is literally our job one as a parent is teaching them to handle adversity on their own when we can't hover over them. By all means, that's our job. And yet there can be a point where we are provoking our children, where, where we're causing anxiety. And we have to draw the line and say, we're not going to do that. We have to honor one another. Honor is a lost art these days. And I want you to just remember that God wants you to honor your spouse. God wants you to honor your children. And God wants you to honor your parents. God wants you to honor your family members. Brothers honor brothers, sister honor sisters, sisters honor brothers, and vice versa. Be honoring to one another. You'll change the atmosphere immediately. And when you get that atmosphere back under control, the family begins to get stronger. As soon as that begins to happen, the enemy's going to hate it. He's going to come in and he's going to feed you a whole bunch of reasons why you should go negative again. And you're not going to do it because you're a champion. And you're going to say, no, no, I'm not going back there. I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. No, I'm going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen? I believe we serve the Lord by serving our family members. Kids, get up and serve your parents. Serve them every minute that you can. Husbands, serve your wives. Wives, serve your husbands. Let's make that what we're going to do as we move forward in this family series. Next week, I'm going to be talking about blended, extended, and mended families, which covers most of our marriages these days. But if you had a white picket fence and you were a leave-it-to-cleaver family and you had 2.4 children and you were perfect in every way, that in and of itself is hard enough to... to to build a family and, and make it work, let alone adding in so many other aspects. We're facing a lot these days. But you know what? God has given us everything we need. That's what the Bible says. He's given us everything we need to overcome. And there's a lot of blended, mended, and extended families in the Bible. By the way, just in case you were wondering, you were adopted by God. You, you know what they say, you're stuck with family. 
but you're chosen by adoption. <laughs> we have to love you because, you know, you're part of the family. But if we choose you, that's even better. God chooses you. God chooses you. Amen. Let me pray for you. Close your eyes. Father, today I speak life over our families. I speak life over our husbands and our wives and our marriages and, and our relationships with our children. Elementary children, teenage children, young adult children. I speak peace over the home, provision over the home where the enemy has come in to steal, kill, and destroy. I speak, Lord Jesus, an abundance of your grace, an abundance of your favor, an abundance of hope, and a future. I declare today over every family in this, in this place and everybody that's listening to me today, wherever the enemy has come in to divide your family, to destroy your family, to tear your family apart, the Bible says that God has come to give you a future and a hope. And I don't, I don't agree with the future that the devil has shown you. I'm going to agree with the report of the Lord. And the Lord has a better report. The Lord has a better future for you than the enemy has already decided for you. No, we're not going to be in agreement with the enemy. We're going to be in agreement with God. God in his word. In the name of Jesus, I speak hope to you. In the name of Jesus, I declare a new future for you. In the name of Jesus, I declare the enemy broken over you, that no weapon will, will, will prosper over your home, and no evil will come nigh under your dwelling. In the name of Jesus. Hey, thanks again for listening to another life-giving message from our pastor, Stephen Bloomfield. For more information about our services and how to get connected here at Champion Church, go to our website at championchurch.com. 